I'm Andrea Collins. And I'm Shelly Zorn. This is Let's Talk Thomasville, a podcast about storytelling through perspectives of the past, our value of today, and our imagination for tomorrow. Welcome back. So this is season two of Let's Talk Thomasville, and we have the pleasure today of having with us a special guest, Nathaniel Abrams. And I think he's somebody all our listeners will know and love. Um, we're trying to interview this year people who've owned a business and get their real stories, their struggles, um, how they started the business. So we're, we're going to pepper you with questions in just a minute, but welcome. Thank you. Glad <laughs> to be here. So for people who may not know, were you born and raised here in Thomasville? Born and raised here in Thomasville, Thomas County. I uh, graduated from Thomasville High School. All right. So what was the career path in the beginning? Did you go right into owning a business or what Good was... Good question. Yeah. <laughs> how, how did that go? How did you end up in well, this business? Okay. We have to go back in history just a little bit. My dad owned a service station when I was growing up. Okay. And I worked there all the time. What kind Where? of service station? It was a gas station on Magnolia Street. It okay. was a bay. We did everything from changing oil to replacing mufflers, shock absorbers, washing cars, all of that so stuff. You you grew up doing all that. I grew up working, yep. Yep. working. And graduated from Thomasville High School, went off to Mercer University in Macon, did two years of pre-pharmacy, left there, went to the Mercer University Southern School of Pharmacy in Atlanta, finished my pharmacy degree. Hmm. Now, did you know you wanted to go into pharmacy? Is that yes? Okay. Yes, All right. I yep. knew. I knew that. Uh huh. That was determined about the tenth grade. I decided that that's what I wanted to do. So you didn't want to work on on automotives. <laughs> you <laughs> thought, <laughs> I think I'm gonna work on humans and provide medications that can help. Well, growing up in my dad's service station, we always focused on service and people, and having been in that vein and looking at my mom, who was a home economics teacher. I decided early on that I wanted to work with people in some capacity. And thinking about it and hanging out at Thomas Drugstore with a guy named Chick and Almeida Simpson being back here in town, you know, I just said, well, that's a career path for me. Mm-hmm. So did the two years in Macon, three years in Atlanta, passed a three-day exam mm-hmm. and started mm-hmm. working for the, the full Fulton DeKalb Hospital Authority, but I had worked for them some when I was in school through Grady Hospital. Um, but in terms of the career path, I uh, worked in Atlanta as mm-hmm. a pharmacist for a number of years and moved back to Thomasville in 78. It's hard to say that now, <laughs> but I started work at uh, Southwestern State Hospital. I worked there until I retired. I retired as a pharmacy director. I uh, had a lot of good people that helped me get to that point in terms of people that cared about people and worked hard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, what and, was life like in the 60s and 70s as a pharmacy? I know it's probably a to- pharmacist. pharmacist yeah. yeah, I'm sure it's yeah. totally different well, now, but, you know, it's just so nice to capture these stories from, mm-hmm. yeah. from those who are seasoned in the field. Yeah. Well, one of the things that was unique to Mercer University is that it was one of the early programs to focus on what we call clinical pharmacy. Mm -hmm. Not so much the counting and pouring, but actually being out there. For instance, when I was in school, I worked on a crash team. I saw my first patient die from a pulmonary embolism. We went to surgery and left surgery with a lump accompanied by other folk to a lab where it was stained and was there when the physician called back to OR to say, 
she needs a radical mastectomy, hip replacements, all of those kinds of things. Mm. That's the kind of pharmacy we were trained. Interesting. I would and, have had no clue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and when I finished school, I wanted to do something other than retail, which mm-hmm. put me in the hospital setting. Now, I opened... I started working at a, something called the Northwest Grady Clinic mm-hmm. in Atlanta. I left there, another uh, Fulton DeKalb Hospital Authority program that's through Grady Hospital, and I opened up the uh, W.T. Brooks Clinic out in East Point on Connolly Drive mm-hmm. and practiced oh. clinical pharmacy. Uh, throughout my career, I've worked with nurses and doctors and lab folk and done presentations, classes. Um, I spent very little time counting and pouring. I had some wonderful technicians that did that for me. Mm -hmm. And I spent most of my time making decisions based on lab work, symptoms, Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. I didn't even know that was your background. I have to stop you for just a second on a personal note. You said Conley Drive near Atlanta. East Point. Yeah, so my dad pastored Conley Drive Baptist Church. Oh, Oh, my goodness. He sure did. Isn't that a small world? How crazy. Yeah. Yeah, when you said Conley Drive, I was like, not many people know that name. I, I just have to give a little shout out there. <laughs> those, those are the little nuggets that we love about yeah. about interviewing people yeah. for the podcast. So what was Thomasville like when you moved back here in the 70s? Um, what would you say about Thomasville then? Thomasville has always been unique. Mm-hmm. And in the 70s, it was light years ahead of most communities. Um, I've been around to see... Uh, Broad Street Blossom. Uh-huh. I've been around to see a number of industries come and go. Yep. Uh, some of the industries that were very prominent during that time, let's say building trailers and stuff like that, right. we don't have as much of that now. And that's but everywhere. Now, like yeah. it all went overseas. Yeah, yes. with NAFTA. And, yeah. yeah. True. But uh, it's changed in terms of the people. Hmm. There are a lot of people that have come to Thomasville. Speaking to a lady today, her mom came through Thomasville in the 70s. She and a friend were on a bus to Miami. She decided, no, this was in the yeah late 70s. And she decided that she was going to move back to Thomasville. Well, giving health care and taking care of all of her business from Miami wasn't an easy task, so she ended up moving here. Hmm. So it it Thomasville has that I think kind it's of drawn gravity. more people. The gravity of it has drawn yeah. more outsiders to Thomasville. Sure. Mm-hmm. When I was hired here eight years ago, um, the person that hired me said, "You know, we'd like to make outsiders neighbors and friends, and then they become family." So that's exactly a lot what of what other people would consider outsiders. So how did you make that transi- transition from retiring in pharmaceutical to owning your own business? Okay. Uh, has a lot to do with the type of personality I have. You couldn't retire, <laughs> could you? <laughs> you work all your life hoping to retire, and then when it comes... No, I've, I've, I've never really looked forward to retirement. I looked forward to changing professions. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. I didn't retire from something. I retired to something. Okay. I like that. Uh-huh. About uh, 10 years prior to retirement, I knew that I was going to need something to do. Mm-hmm. So I started doing some research, and I didn't want to do the traditional kinds of things. I've always been the kind of person who kind of goes in the opposite direction in my office, home office years ago. I had a sign that said, here I am, alone in the land of the aardvarks. <laughs> <laughs> so you take the road less traveled. All, all of the aardvarks are headed east. I'm headed west. So I've always wanted to do something a little different. <laughs> 
so uh, did that research and just came across document destruction. And I put it on a two-year plan mm-hmm. to get it done. Well, it took about nine to ten months. And here I am in 1999, January 1, rolling out of business. Mm. Quicker and than you thought. Much yeah. faster. So in 1999 is when you rolled out that business? That's when we started. Okay. That's when so we started. So tell the, the listeners the name of your business, exactly what you do now. Okay. It's Abrams Mobile Document Destruction Services Incorporated. We shred paper for people, to put it simply, <laughs> um, and that that involves a lot of information. Um, the average homeowner now gets about 400 pounds of junk mail in the mm. mailbox every year, and most of that can cause you trouble if you dispose of it improperly. With HIPAA and all of the other Sarbanes-Oxley and a lot of the other laws that are out there, Businesses are required, even by the state of Georgia, with something um, that uh, one of the laws in Georgia, you're required to get rid of documents in a way such that an identity theft issue cannot be created. Mm -hmm. And so what we do is we are regulated in terms of paper size that we can shred to. Uh, We take care of all of that. Nothing, and this is a personal thing for me, nothing gets to the landfill. Hmm. We recycle everything that comes to Did us. Did not know that. Car- cardboard, okay. you know, OCC. Uh-huh. Uh, we do that. And we've gotten into electronics. Mm-hmm. Uh, we take care of computers for people. We remove hard drives, shred hard drives. Oh. We recycle. So you do this for companies and for individuals. And for individuals. So anybody can come to you with that. That's yes. very okay. interesting. Yeah. yeah. You know, one of the fastest segments of our business happens to be the homeowner. Hmm. People are realizing yeah, that, that they've got to be careful, right. identity theft and everything You know, it's so happens. interesting when you say yeah. that because every time we get a piece of mail, regardless of what it is, we shred, we, we, I chop it up in the smallest, finest pieces I possibly can. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it gets so frustrating. And I'm like, because then it ends up just getting so much. I'm spending most of my time chopping it up. Now I know that you work with uh, <laughs> households. There's an easier way to do <laughs> easier that. Easier way to do that. But people just bring it to you in bags? They're well, yes. Mail or, okay. You know, we, what we do is we place containers in the businesses that we serve. Okay. And even in homes, we have placed containers. Okay. We have these consoles that fit nicely into office settings. We have little desk side bins that are locked Mm -hmm. because to leave something open a box under the desk is to create what we call an open stream Mm -hmm. so we provide all of the containers we pick up stuff and a lot of individuals now will bring stuff to us by appointment we Mm -hmm. we don't want someone coming over there and we're out on a route or something but the number of individuals that have taken advantage of that service and it spreads by word of mouth. Right. Mm-hmm. So you haven't done a lot of advertising. It's been mostly word of mouth. We've done some advertising uh-huh. uh, on um, CNS years ago. Right. Uh, we did uh, some TV advertising. Uh, right now, we just want our work to speak for us. Mm-hmm. And it seems to be doing that in a magnificent way in terms of people who come to us and said, my choir member told me to call you or mm-hmm. someone who works at a business and says, 
you know, we've noticed that y'all are shredding for X, Y, Z. Can y'all come and take a look and take care of our documents for us? And mm-hmm. it's uh, it's rewarding when it comes that way. Word yeah. of mouth is by yeah. far the best form of marketing that you can ever have. It's I want to yeah. piggyback off of what you said earlier in regards to electronics because now I feel that the the rate at which electronics are being updated, you almost can't keep a computer for longer than a year or two. And then once you're done, what do you do with it? Because the landfill doesn't take that. Cell phone. So yeah, yeah. But your cell phone. there's not really any campaigns on when you're done with your equipment, what do you do with it? So share a little bit about what that's been like for the business. Everything from cell phones to printers to monitors. Um, we recycle a mouse. We will send those off. Everything, the cables. And what we really don't understand is we have one area in this country where we mine rare earths. Mm -hmm. Every one of those devices has some component that it would be considered a rare earth, Mm -hmm. metal component that makes these Mm -hmm. things work. Mm And so by recycling, we put those things back in the stream and we keep them out of our landfills. You know, when when you start talking about a landfill, even though they're lined, you have all all kinds of materials there. And those leachates, the runoff, gets into our our aquifers. Mm -hmm. And you can do studies right now on sewage water and you're going to have antibiotics and steroids and all kinds of things in your water. And so one of our, one of, one of my main focuses for starting this had a lot to do with the environment. Mm. Used to drink water out of the stream on my uncle's farm. That land is still over there now. I don't put my feet in it. Mm. Very Mm. interesting. I just don't. Very interesting. I mean, and how would anybody just know that, you know? I mean, yeah. it really does take someone who's passionate about it to start educating a community Research about it. Research and mm-hmm. educate the rest of us on it. One of my biggest questions for you is, like, in 1999, when you started this new business, what do you know now that you didn't know? What would be your advice to somebody starting a, their own small business? Like, That's what did you question. not know when you went into it? Be prepared. Be prepared. For anything, <laughs> How, right? For anything. Yeah, just be prepared. Be, uh-huh. be, be a good Boy Scout. Be prepared. Um, <laughs> for any, the unexpected? For the unexpected. Any and everything is going to come up. Uh-huh. And sometimes what looks like an obstacle is an opportunity. Mm-hmm. One of the things that, that, that has really worked well for me is that I'm kind of social. I like people. Uh-huh. And I have clients that come to me that we just sit and have a little conversation when they come. I wish I had known then how much time it was going to take uh-huh. starting this business, raising two boys. Uh-huh. I would go to the business in the mornings. I'd go practice pharmacy. I'd go there at lunch. I'd go practice pharmacy. I'd get off and I'd go to the business. I worked on the weekends. And someone that you all know came alongside Walter Mariah mm-hmm. and and jumped in and helped me build this business. Yeah. Uh, Walter just, he, he took it and ran with it. And a lot of what we have today has a lot to do with his energy and, and, 
and, and input in terms of how we got to where we are. Sure. I think that's a testament to how you can't do it alone. No, you can't. And how you have to be open to allowing others to help you mm-hmm. when you need help. Yes, yes. And we all know that as human beings, sometimes that's that's very, that's more difficult. It's easier said than, than done to actually ask for help or allow that help to come Every in. Every single business that we've interviewed, and we have a lot more to go, but... Just in this short time, every one of them have said, you're going to need help from other people. There's going to be obstacles. There's going to be no's, and you can overcome them. It's going to be things. And just what you said about every obstacle is actually an opportunity. Like, it may seem like the worst thing in the world at the time, but it's actually an opportunity for you to grow as a person and to grow your business. So yes. you're saying the exact same things. Those are the themes that we keep hearing over hearing, and over. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I have to give a shout out to my wife because as we had, you know, reached our 15th year mm-hmm. around in there, um, Deborah, and a little later than that, Deborah and I uh, started talking about looking at some different things, you know, branching out. And she was the person who said to me, uh, let's look at this IT segment. Hmm. And she, that was her for foresight, foresight and vision yeah. that led us down that trail. You know, when you when you when I can send out a semi load hmm. of those materials to recycle, I feel good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You oh, I can imagine what that impact yeah. looks like. Yeah. You know, when you're not in it every day, you just don't know. It's so nice to hear this side of it. Mm-hmm. I have a question for you. Sure. So we've talked about um, what you, you know, what your experience has been while you've been in business. What would you say for those who've been in business for a long time that are looking to retire from their small owned business? Have a succession plan. And how do they go about doing that? What does that, what do you think that looks like? Because I think we spend a lot of our time trying to figure out how to make our business successful. Mm-hmm. And when we get towards that end part, that end goal, we don't really think about what that transition looks like. I don't think people plan if, for that, yeah, like you're saying. If you don't have said. a family, mm-hmm. you know, or if you, if you don't have a successor that's family mm-hmm. to take that on, mm-hmm. what does that look like? Yeah. Well, you were asking me about 1978. Mm-hmm. When I came back in 78, most people that were in business had children that were going to follow them into the business. Mm-hmm. Both of my boys have very successful careers other other places. They're not going to come back here. Right. And to be honest with you, that's something I'm working on right now. Mm-hmm. But it's hard to give your baby to someone else. I can't yeah. imagine. And yeah. that's a really good analogy. <laughs> it's hard. Uh, you know. You you know that 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 to me is has been very difficult. We're we're working on some things, mm-hmm. and probably you know I'm mm, I've done the three score and ten things, so I'm uh, going back in the other direction. So what I'm doing is you know putting some time into trying to make certain that there is sustainability here. Yeah. But to find the right person. With the right passion. So you kind of had to plan mm-hmm. at the beginning, and now you're having to plan for the end whenever that is. Of whenever course. you want to sell it or step away or both sides take planning. Yeah, yeah it she- does. Shelly and I had this conversation, um, even aside from just being a business owner, but being in your career for a long period of time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Shelly, you've been in your career for over 20 years, and we mm-hmm. talk about, like, you know, retirement. It's just a natural thing that comes up when you hit a certain age. Like, are you thinking about retiring? Or, as you say, you know. Mm-hmm. Giving the baby up. Right. Or, yeah. you know, going on to something like retire, retiring to something else. 
adults. Of course. You know, uh, and she says, you know, it's it's challenging when you really think about it. I mean, to work so hard. I'm like you. I don't want to stop working. I I hope in this career I have another good 10, 15 years in me, but I want to do something else after that. But you've built, but you've built this career. Yeah, talking about giving up the baby. Yeah, I can relate to that. I was in a, a community previous to this one for 15 years, and man. I was excited to come here, but at the same time, it just kind of hurts your heart. You're giving up that baby that you worked so hard for, and you have to learn to let go and let somebody else, you know, take yes, that you role. Do. Yes, you do. You know, one of the things that, that most of us don't have anymore is that most of us don't have. We, a lot of people have given up the hobby. Mm-hmm. And see, having grown up in a service station, I still like messing with cars. Okay. So... It's not like I'm going to go home and, you know, buy a rocking chair. Just sit down. It, it, it's, and, not yeah, yeah. it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. So, you know, looking at it, you know, I, I can envision stepping back some. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that early on, one of my advisors who helped me build this business said, you have to have an exit strategy. Mm-hmm. So I'm doing my research and doing this business plan and I consulted some people in the community and I'm going to shout out to David Lewis. Yeah. Mr. David Lewis. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I had my business plan all together. I had talked to some other people. I went and sat down with Mr. Lewis. Mr. Lewis said, go back and redo this. You need to cut your cost. I left there scratching my head. <laughs> so I go home, I go in my office, close the door and a week or two later, I'd cut the cost. Yeah. I went back and talked to him. He said, okay, that's good. It that's hurts good. to hear that sometimes, doesn't it? No, but it? you yeah. need that you need kind it. of honesty. honesty. You mm-hmm. have to have it. You have to have people that care about you, mm-hmm. that are honest enough mm-hmm. to tell you the truth. I also think you have to have the people that care about you, and you have to have the attitude that understands and recognizes that construct criticism and where it's coming from. Because mm-hmm. sometimes it may come across as very hurtful mm-hmm. and you may perceive it differently. Of course. I think definitely with a new generation, a newer generation, <laughs> uh, may be a little bit more sensitive to some things. Mm-hmm. So yes. understanding the communication there and when you're receiving that constructive criticism and that it's for your best interest. Of course. Yeah. You know, and, and then you have the nonverbal, you know, things like posture, eye contact, those kinds of things speak volumes. Yeah. And you have to be attuned to reading those things as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm not going to say everything in this business has been easy. I'm going to say that we have had some challenges. What you know? do you think is your biggest challenge that you could share? Do you, do you remember what you would consider one of your biggest challenges in your 20-plus years? Uh, right now, it's employees. Uh-huh. Uh, prior yeah. to this, it was, you know... Well, like I, I need to ring a bell. Ding, 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 <laughs> ding, ding. Yeah, yeah the, everyone. And, you know, it's yeah. like leaving a cancer center. When you finish that treatment, you ring that bell. But everyone is ringing that bell. They are. But early on in our career, um, you know, there was the reality that I'm not going to let you have my papers. Uh-huh. People would look at Walter and I in places. We've gone to places and, <laughs> you know, we've talked to them about what we do and we're going to bring the truck on site and shred your documents here and when we leave making our presentation, you know, people are opening the blinds. And I said, well, tag numbers taken just in case we come back, you know, those kinds of things. And, 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 and to be honest with you, 
it's racism. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, the... Um, that was going to be my next question it, for there, you. It, you it, really got to trust somebody to hand over these personal it, documents you that do. have all your personal information, especially with identity theft now. So they need to yeah. know you, respect you, trust you. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and not just trust the industry, but trust the individual. Mm-hmm. Yes. And yeah. part of that has to do with... There's, there's an instant thing that everyone does and and people say i don't see color well if you don't there's something wrong with you Mm -hmm. because all of us have that Mm -hmm. and you have to be honest with yourself and look beyond some of that Mm -hmm. and look at the individual look at the 24-year track record Mm -hmm. look at the certification that we have a triple a national association for information destruction certification that requires us to be training Criminal background checks, drug testing, mm-hmm. you know, all of that stuff. So do that, you think that you've been able to overcome some of that perception um, that people might have just through the years they can see now they can trust you? Do you think that's how some of that's been overcome? I think, or? It's, been, I think it's been overcome okay. uh, to a degree. Yeah. Uh, let's, yeah. let's be honest. Yeah. There, there's still a lot of it out We're there. still humans. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, <laughs> we're, we, still, we're still broken humans that don't do yeah. everything correctly. Yeah. Well, there is that. But, you know, I think that overall we will do better in Thomasville. Mm-hmm. than I will in some other places. Mm-hmm. I'll just put it that way. Yeah, mm-hmm. Part yeah. of that has to do with the, the longevity. Mm-hmm. Uh, part of that has to do with my family's name. Mm-hmm. Track uh, record. Yeah, track record, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. All of that plays into it. But those are some of the challenges. Right now, employees, mm-hmm. and early on starting off, um, you know, there were people that... That's not going to happen. <laughs> no way I'm going to hand you my stuff, right? Yeah. No, it's not going to happen. So what's your advice for the young black male who's going into business for himself and is experiencing some of those racial challenges? What's your advice? Learn from it. Mm. You know, we've had challenges, and, I, and I've come away from things and saying, okay, so what's the lesson? Mm-hmm. Get over the hurt. Learn the lesson. So it's a mindset. It, it's a mindset. A lot of it's a mindset, but a lot of it has to do with the fact that all of our paradigms are different. Mm-hmm. And one person may perceive something one way and someone else perceives it another way. Mm-hmm. Don't let your paradigm impact your future. Mm-hmm. You, know, you have to make some decisions, some very hard decisions. You have to look at the reality of where you are. You have to understand that in a lot of instances, going off to Mercer University and attending Thomasville High in 1966 wasn't cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to prove myself in chemistry class and mm-hmm. all of those places. Mm-hmm. Uh, you do the work and you let someone else make the judgments. Because mm-hmm. you just, can't just, change anybody's just, mind. No, yeah. just do the work. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and there are going to be people who will come along and go around you, mm-hmm. and that's okay. Mm-hmm. That's okay. Just understand that for me, for you, for he or she, do the work, put your shoulder down, and don't get caught up on what happened just now. That's really good advice, mm-hmm. Nathaniel. Just, 
being in, in, in our hard. positions, you know, mm-hmm. I'd say we're more public facing. And sure. a lot of times when we're forced to, you know, decide, you're always constantly making decisions. And you're like, you know, you know, you can't please everyone. You can't. Mm-hmm. And one thing I've learned in my very short period of time being in this position is that I, there is going to be some folks who are really, really pleased or satisfied or excited about whatever the initiatives are we're focused on. Sure. There are going to be some that just don't really care. They're just not involved. And then right. there are going to be some that are totally against it. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be like that for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. And if I focus on the ones that are totally against it, then yeah. I'm losing track of what never my purpose is. Never get anything is. done. Of course. Yeah. You never get anything done. And while mm-hmm. it's, separ- it's, it's, it's a different topic from race, it's still mm-hmm. the same sort of concept when it comes to how to overcome it. And of how, course. To overcome how to overcome it. it. Yeah. Yeah, hmm. you know, Great it, advice. It, it's, it's just, you have to remain focused. You know, what am, I, what am I after here? What am I trying to accomplish? One of the things that I want to accomplish, and I've done it for 24 years, is to write that check every two weeks. Hmm. For my guys, yeah, you know, yeah. I, I'm blessed. I have a retirement, but you know, I'm providing some employment for people, and next to the environmental thing, that is very, very, right. very mm-hmm. important. Mm-hmm. You know, in my job, we love to announce jobs. You know, that's the mm-hmm. thing, payroll jobs. Sure. But um, when you really think about each and every job represents a person, and that person represents a family. I mean, that's yeah. kind of when it gets real for you. And so you're doing that every day by writing those people a check yeah. every two weeks. Of course. You're, of you're course. providing for them. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they're providing for themselves, of course. Of mm-hmm. course. How many employees do you have now? Well, we have four, like four full-time, and we have uh, three part-time. Yep. That's yeah. great. Yeah. That's great. So... You know that that's that's every job you. counts. It every does. job counts. It yes. does. Yeah. You know we we aren't rocking around here with fifteen or twenty employees, but for those people that work for us, mm-hmm. it, we we think it's significant. It is. It is. I think small, medium, or large, mm-hmm. it, it all counts. I agree. Well, I know we're getting close to wrapping up. Um, Shelly, I know you probably have a couple more questions. Nathaniel, I'm going to tell you, like I told Buffy Spencer, who we interviewed earlier, um, and like we told a couple others, we may have to come back for section two, (laughs) version two. Because we can talk to you forever. We could really talk more about, you know, your experiences um, Mm -hmm. in business, your experiences in pharmacy, coming back Mm -hmm. to Thomasville, moving off. Um, My question to you is, what advice do you have for the upcoming generation when it comes to um, setting up a business in Thomasville and being a productive citizen and giving back to its community? It's a loaded question, I know. It's a lot. <laughs> it's a good question, that. Starting a business, moving back to Thomas Hill. For any, any, I'd say my any generation, upcoming generation, looking to start a business in Thomasville mm-hmm. and giving back to their community while they're here, being productive in their community. Get outside, Engaged. get outside of yourself. It can't be about me, mine, and I. It has to be about we, us, and our. Mm-hmm. We're all in this together. What affects one affects all of us. Mm-hmm. And if we can't do those kinds of things, and this this is not business advice. This is advice to a personal individual uh-huh. because everything that you do affects all of us to some degree, whether it's environmental, whether it's social, whether it's economical, whether it's educational, 
whether it's religious, any and everything that you do is going to affect other people. Make certain that you are genuine. Hidden agendas always get exposed. Mm -hmm. It kills. It, it, it kills deals and it kills um, communities. It yeah. does. It does. And and if you can be on a track that puts you in a vein where you're going to be caring about others, where you're going to be doing things to benefit your community, you know, you're going to be in a good place. I do a lot of volunteering around town, different boards and organizations. And I got this from my mom. Years ago, she joined the Archibald Foundation when it wasn't cool for a whole lot of minority people to be in the room. But she she and one of her church brothers, they paid the money and put signed up. Put themselves out there. Yeah, they put themselves out there. So I would go with her to those meetings. And one of the things, well, what are you doing? And she said, well, you know, we don't go ever have a whole lot of money to give. But what you give is the thing that you have, and that's your time. Mm -hmm. And that's your most valuable thing. So mm -hmm. if I were to give someone advice it would be to share that most precious commodity that you have. Which is time. With others. That's pretty profound given the nature of our situation with COVID and the fact that we, yeah, our yeah. time has been spent with our families <laughs> and not necessarily community like it was what we're used to. You, yeah. you, can, you can still find some unique ways to give. That's right. You can find some unique ways to give. We see people all the time, all the time that are less fortunate than we. And... My wife and I, we'll be riding around, we'll see something, we'll think about something, we'll talk about something, and our question to the, each other is, are you blessed? Mm, yeah. <laughs> and if you can say yes to that, yeah. every day of your life, you're going to be in a good place. Yeah. I am. What about you, Shelly? Very much so. Very <laughs> so much so. So I think that's a great way to end it. I mean, all about your motivation is what it's about to Frame me. Frame of thought. And yeah. I think you have just been such a great um, example for people in this community. I say when we tell stories of businesses on this podcast, we're telling the story of Thomasville. Mm -hmm. you and are. you definitely have a big part of that. So thank you for all you've done. Yeah, thanks back. for your time. We'll probably have <laughs> to have you. you back. So if there's anything else that you think of that you feel like we need to share with listeners. I feel like I've just been sitting here taking in the wisdom. Uh -huh. Oh, please. <laughs> I don't know about the wisdom thing. We, we've, had, we've, we've had some fellowship, which there is very, very important. Uh -huh. thank That's you. priceless. Well, thank we appreciate you, you very thank much. You. All right. All right. Stay tuned.